Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In the episode today, it's going to be pretty much a news-filled episode. Uh, we've actually got some legit news this week with Boston officially announcing that they've gotten a CDL spot. The Patriots and Robert Kraft are in the league. We've got some announcements on the CDL 2022 format about damn time, and we've got some challengers updates, some pretty interesting glitches that have been added to the game. Got some formal news, some Halo news. It's going to be a good one today. Uh, but before we get into any of that news, Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know, we finally got some uh, you know, headway on the 2022 CDL season here, uh, which is, you know, just been begging for <laughs> any kind of update from the league. Um, yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, down bad sports that we'll get to way later. <laughs> um you know, not really. I mean, my Lions one, but you know, I'm just like so unbelievable. I'm catastrophically down bad about my fantasy team, so I'll <laughs> uh, I'll be unloading on that later. But uh, so you know, it's been a mixed bag for me this week. But uh, yeah. All right. So if you guys enjoy this video, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe, and if you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow on there. Uh, we appreciate the continued support i right into the news right away because it's going to be a mostly news-filled podcast i got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about that we didn't really want to skip over uh to add more more other stuff in so we're just going to really do a deep dive into all the stuff that we've been hearing first thing i think really the headliner news the cdl 22 uh, 2022 format was announced obviously not every little detail the venues weren't like technically officially announced but we kind of know them um but a lot of the format announced we can kind of I want to maybe hear your thoughts on like the initial like four majors with eight teams at each major, because I have some pretty strong opinions. And I think we might actually differ a little bit on them. We were talking about a little on Twitter, but uh, yeah, it sounds like there'll be four land majors with eight teams at each major. And those eight teams are the top uh, the top eight teams, unless the host team isn't top eight. Then there's some BS where they can play their way into the tournament or something. Yeah, this is. This is really odd for me. Um, I don't really disagree with um, the top eight being the ones to make it to the land majors. Um, I just have a an issue more with like how they're the the ways and means by which they get there. Um, I mean, it, it, it's such a mixed bag for me on. Uh, On like a, a world where you know two or three, maybe even four teams never play a single land match, and they're yeah. just stuck playing these online qualities all year. Um, and you know exactly like what we saw with like Seattle Surge and Octane last year, with like you know the minute they got to land, they're a different animal, and then they knock out Phase and Stage Five. Uh, just you know things, you know crazier things have happened, but uh. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I'm, I'm gonna have to wait to see how it plays out, uh, until I can really form an opinion. But I, I'm a little bit, like, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but at the same time, I, I do like how it kind of lights the fire under some teams that, like, you know, mm-hmm. might not, you know, like, I mean, if you lose like one or two matches in your qualities, you're gonna be like sweating bullets, you know? Like, yeah. So I guess. I don't know. I'm a little confused, I guess, because they didn't really fully clarify. But like, is it going to be whoever is the top eight teams in the overall like point standings going into that tournament, or is this going to be separate matches for each tournament? 
that the top eight qualify for and then how do points work at the tournaments because like if it's like last year you earned like a ton of extra points for winning a tournament or finishing like within the top few in a tournament so like if these if it goes by total points in the whole year then like let's say that a team gains like 50 or 60 points for winning a tournament on top of like their 10 points per matches if it's that same format well then like if this if these teams are stacking points at the tournaments after that first tournament they might be so far ahead that these bottom four might just be stuck and never make it unless they're doing qualifier matches like per major which i think they might be doing but still if you are, are able to earn a bunch of extra points uh at every like major i don't know how teams are ever going to dig themselves out of the hole if they're not allowed to play it just seems like a mess waiting to happen seems like a lot of players complaining i and we're all like begging for the halo event that we saw this weekend that huge open bracket format with the double elimination and uh, winners losers bracket like everything going crazy the matches were insane the hype was unreal i actually like saw at one point during like the middle of the winners bracket they had 150k viewers like that's what we're all begging for we're begging for that open bracket huge tournament so what does the cdl do they go out and shrink our tournament size it I, i'm just not a fan of it at all uh there's yeah. so much i have to say about it but i'm just not a fan yeah well i mean you know it it, it is like a rich get richer and the poor just like keep backsliding mm-hmm. um with you know i would hope that for each major the qualifications for that major are what they are and then obviously you know if if the uh um champs is going to also be eight teams then there's some kind of like season long point accrual uh yeah you know maybe we could keep i don't know like because i do agree with what you said you know every time you know a phase or like a you know one of your top teams like a Toronto or somebody make it to you know championship Sunday they're like pulling away so drastically yeah from the uh from the rest so you know I I remember back when we were discussing the uh you know who's going to qualify for champs and I I proposed that you know if you win a major you're automatically in champs yeah uh and then so that could technically be, you know, you have four qualifiers and, you know, let's say like, you know, phase wins two of them or something, uh, you know, then you have a, everyone else can duke it out for like the last, you know, seven spots for champs or mm-hmm. something. And, and phase is just taken out of the equation or something, but I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid like you are that we're going to see these bottom feeder teams, you know, they might not make it to a land for like the first two majors and then they're they're almost mathematically out of the picture or like they'd have to yeah. go out and like win every match from there on out to even like you know sniff the eight seed or something so uh i definitely agree with you there yeah and i guess like when we were talking about our format like you said like one of the things that we thought could keep it exciting uh was the idea that like if that imagine that final land this past year when Obviously, we basically knew who our playoffs were, but imagine that final land with Seattle making their run if they had a chance that if they won that tournament, they took over one of those champ spots. And like that was our idea. But now if if it's just top eight teams make the tournament, if a team like Seattle is out in their points again, they're not going to have that chance to make that final run where like if they're not at the major, they obviously can't qualify by winning the major. So it creates a really weird atmosphere where we still could basically being that same situation as last year where we're two majors in and there's one team that's so far down in the points because they didn't attend either major that they're basically eliminated already and we're just watching them play random online matches that mean nothing again and we're watching like 11 and 12 square off and they're eliminated by major two it's it's 
a recipe for disaster. I'm, I don't absolutely hate the idea of making the regular season matches mean more because this could potentially do that. But at the same time, it's a, not a great balance because you're making the strong possibility that a couple of those bottom teams could just not make a major and those slow starter teams could maybe never make a major. I mean, like we said, there's teams like Seattle and London that we think we don't know if they're going to be like a top team, but we think they have potential to maybe crack like a top six, seven on their best day and like maybe be a playoff team. But if they're a slow starter and just don't have a good first major, they might be screwed for the whole year. Yeah, well, I mean, I totally with like, you know, teams that don't necessarily start fast. And, you know, the fact that we're also having like online qualification matches, like is Octane going to be down bad for the whole year again? Because, you know, yeah. he's playing the majority of his competitive matches on online yeah and like what if thieves doesn't start out good and then you know we're seeing them struggle for like you know even to qualify for a land and then it's like the same story all over again or well, something I, what not, if not that i'm struggles. saying right and and they don't make a, a major the cdl's killed and viewership and everything that major yeah i mean and that also i mean i also think that uh you know if we ever do get expansion obviously you might have to cut down on the amount of teams that make it to lands, but when you only have 12 teams, uh, I feel like they're just kind of like cutting fat off when they don't Mm -hmm. really need to. Um, because like, could you imagine if like one of these more outspoken owners, uh, you know, like Gary V or Hex or whatever, were like the teams that were these bottom feeders and then like, yeah, they might not make lands. And then all of a sudden you have like a huge fan base. that's like riled up and, mad that the cdl is like preventing their team from going to land but at, at, you know but at, at the end of the day you're probably going to be you know cutting out paris and a handful of other teams uh yeah and those you know have virtually sorry non-existent fan bases at at this mm-hmm. moment i mean i i would probably say the one with the biggest is probably london uh, just because of like the the EU ties. Yeah, of the bottom feeders you're saying. Well, I mean, not not to call London a bottom feeder. I mean, we saw what they did in Modern Warfare. Yeah. Uh, but like of these teams that you know the general community would peg to be you know not you know top six you know hanging around that eight eight or below. I don't know. So yeah, like you said, it's just uh, a little bit alarming. Yeah, and. I mean, there's like that one, I don't, I think it was like stage three, maybe where optic went one and four in their qualifiers. What right. if that happens again? And, and they miss if it's like a five match qualifier and they miss. And now this is where the weird part is. They said, if you're the host team, if you're not in the top eight, you'll get a chance. Even if you're the 12 seed going into that, you get a chance to just square off in a, in a series against the team who's eighth and you can just take their spot. Like, so our alleged lands that were leaked apparently for the four hosts would be Texas, Toronto, Minnesota, and New York leaked, not official or anything, but those are what we we think we're going to have apparently. So now let's say, uh, I don't know, we'll just, the first one was Texas. So we'll say, let's say Optic is not in the top eight for that tournament. And one of these other teams, Minnesota, we'll say they're in the eighth spot. Well, then Optic gets to play a series against Minnesota. And if Optic takes them out, they take their spot in the major since they're the host. Well, where's the fairness in that? So that means that, like, if any of these teams are in the bottom, they get a chance to play in. But if Paris is twelve, they since they're not hosting, they don't get to, to play into that major. It like the competitive integrity with that makes literally zero chance. That like it makes zero sense. That's that's the part that I was really confused about. If you're 
a host, you get an advantage, an extra chance to get into the tournament. I mean, I don't see Texas, Toronto, uh, Minnesota, or New York struggling in that aspect. Like, I think they'll probably all be top eight pretty much the whole year. But that's let's say one of them isn't. That's a super interesting competitive integrity issue. Yeah, I mean, they're probably you know, if this is true, they're probably going to just spin it as like oh, like the last chance qualifier or yeah. something for the host team because, I don't know, we will, the fans want to see their host team play. But, yeah, I mean, thankfully, like you said, I don't think that these four teams will be uh, struggling too hard to, uh, I mean, who who knows, but uh, it'd be surprising to see any of, any of those four teams be, like, outside. But like you said, we did see uh optic last year go one and four in group and then they and Minnesota were, had a they, couple bad stretches yeah and they were starting in losers mm-hmm. um and you know obviously this York, time, i think yeah uh and like you and like you said obviously this time uh i don't know if we got into like the actual bracket but it, it, it's just a straight up uh you know double elim there's no like team there's no team starting in losers um mm-hmm. so you know everyone starts that's, out that's positive with, yeah so everyone does start out with a uh you know the the chance to go into a loser's run uh as opposed to like a team just like getting uh you know first rounded out of the loser's bracket um so i don't know i mean that's one of the positives but at the same time you could have just made it like a two-sided bracket with no i don't know with no elims or something i don't know mm-hmm. so it's uh, a little weird um but yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, play your way in if you're the host. Team. No, it's it's a because just a terrible fluky thing. Yeah, and it takes away the the integrity, the competitive integrity. And uh, you know, if, if there is like a a team, like let's say a uh, like a Paris makes a run into the eight spot for you know the major, and then they get ousted by a, like Minnesota or something, I'd be like, man, that really sucks for you know Paris because they. You know, they probably punched above their weight to get into the eight seed. Or yeah, what if what if there's like a like Minnesota? Because we think Minnesota. I mean, they're maybe the team on this list of all these teams. We probably expect New York, Texas, and Toronto to be right at the top, and Minnesota as well. But let's say Minnesota is like the nine seed going into Major Four. They're right in the brink of making champs, and it's their they're hosting that fourth event, and then they take out that eight seed, make a run all the way to like the finals or something, get enough points, and it qualifies them. Well. What about that eight seed? If they're not a host team, they didn't get a fair shake at also doing that. So that's like completely unfair. And like you're giving certain teams extra potential extra chances to earn points for the playoffs, which is absolutely not fair and competitive at all. If there's certain teams that get special treatment, that is like the definition of unfair. So, I mean, I, I it's just it's terrible. It's terrible to me. That needs to be taken away. Uh, if you're really so desperate to have your host team at the land for sure, just make it 12 teams. Uh, it's not that difficult. And my, my last thing before we get into some of the other like potential like announcements we heard for like different tournaments and actual like dates and stuff is I I just we need to come up with a consistent format. I understand we're potentially maybe going to have some expansion next year that could change that, but we need to come up with a somewhat consistent format because if I was not such a hardcore fan and you weren't such a hardcore fan and we really followed everything, it would be so hard to become like a casual fan that just like watched every once in a while because everything is constantly changing that like if I tuned into this year, it sounds like I won't even really understand uh, what's going on because of the differences and 
in the format and like even from year one to year two with the home series then to the the league matches and the majors like the format changes so much now three years of cdl the format's pretty much completely flipped to a whole new thing three straight times like as a new more casual fan who's not not going to watch every match but going to try to tune in when i can i'm just going to be so confused what's going on and it might just turn me away because i'm like screw it i don't want to just spend all this time learning right and i mean unless you're a homer like us for like the you know we'll be at least paying attention to every single uh you know weekend of online matches and obviously yeah you know be tuned into the majors and stuff but like I don't know. It's not like they're doing a good job to capture new audience, like new casual audience and stuff. Well, it's like, well, you know, we're we're playing for points and then, you know, Mm -hmm. four teams aren't going to make it each time around, but it could, you know, different teams, you know, could qualify in and it's just a weird thing. And then I don't know, it's, it's going to be confusing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess with the format, but, uh, they did announce potential other events. There could be Warzone events as well as Pro-Am events, which that's the big one I'm most excited for, a potential Pro-Am event where we'll see maybe the top few challengers teams play along with all of the, the pro teams, which is obviously more of like that old CWL open bracket style of a tournament that we all want to see so bad. This gives me some hope for maybe potential future events, maybe potential challengers integration into the league potential maybe like relegation like league of legends has but gives you some a little bit of hope so i'm interested to see what this means what this looks like but they announced the potential for warzone events in a prime event mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting uh, stuff yeah i mean the the warzone event prime event are we sure that, like if they're going to be lands or not or uh, not sure i thought yeah, from it, everything people were saying the prime one sounds like it's going to be a land but yeah i mean even that had me like questioning like, well, is the CDL going to like fly out and house these pro these amateur players or like, well, huh? Yeah. How's that going to work? Or like, I don't know. Um, that was my then, thing for all the people complaining about challengers needing lands was I was like, I agree. It'd be awesome if they had lands, but what orgs are funding all these players? Like these players don't just have, at least some of them might, but if you're putting a hundred plus teams into a challenger's land, probably a lot of these players are just out of high school and stuff and just might not have enough money to fly themselves to an event to potentially not win any money. Like that's why challenger's land is such a mess. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just logistical, logistically a nightmare. Like, are they going to fly like EU guys here too? It's just crazy. Um, So, I mean, who even knows? And obviously like, we don't know what they've, if they, obviously they haven't said anything about like, Oh, like, adding the pandemic stuff or on top of it like you know the international uh wrinkle in that and uh and even on top of that too um you know if how many teams from na it was only gonna be like one team from na or something or yeah i'm not sure i mean that's that's super like that's super like they're they're gonna be missing out on a lot of potential talent especially from like na eu yeah um so that's a little bit disappointing if true Mm -hmm. i can see that i don't i don't know i we don't know too much details on it we just heard the rumors of potential pro event and a potential warzone events we also heard that i don't know if they technically announced this i think it was actually like a picture that wasn't supposed to be posted then got deleted but there's supposed to be a preseason kind of like that kickoff classic type event that happens on LAN uh, January 21st through the 23rd, obviously, of 2022. 
And then there's also supposed to be like the actual kickoff official first event that actually counts towards the season. Uh, February 4th through the 6th. That's probably the weekend of the Super Bowl. Uh, that's uh, the, the the first actual like official uh, event of the 2022 season. I thought it was leaked in like a picture that wasn't supposed to be posted once again that that was Toronto's event maybe or like that that February major whenever it happened was going to be Toronto's event. But yeah, a couple dates leaked. Looks like our first preseason kind of teaser event is going to happen in January and the season's going to kick off first weekend of February. Yeah, I mean, is the is the kickoff weekend just like online matches? I guess we don't really know that yet. I but don't know. I like, thought I saw the first major was going to be in Toronto, though. Yeah, because it seems like the the turnaround from like a preseason LAN, like so we assume that there's going to be no points awarded. It's just going to be like you know these show matches again, maybe if they're calling it preseason, mm-hmm. and then to turn that around and do like a kickoff weekend. If that was to be a land, that would require like you know if these five group play matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, so that leads me to believe that like the league online matches are going to be starting in February, um, and like we're going to have this like show land match in in Texas or Frisco, wherever Dallas area. Um, I believe that's what was leaked. Um, yeah, and yeah, so um, d- and. Yeah, I mean, the uh, you said that Toronto was going to be the first one. It was, looked the, like there the was rumor? like a leaked picture, but that isn't like confirmed or anything. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, going to Toronto and Minnesota in the dead of winter is going to be fun. That's what I did for that launch event. It was the middle of January. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it snowed so. that weekend. Allegedly, that's where uh, that's where Hex said that everyone got COVID. I took a picture with Hex there too, so <laughs> he might have given it. To, I was me and my roommate. Uh, we were in college, like pretty close to that area. And man, uh, we got back to our apartment and we were supposed to go out with our friends that next weekend. And we both didn't go out cause we were so sick. And I don't know, I might've been like one of the original COVID cases. You never know. But I took a picture with Hex. I was close contact and yeah, I, I believe it cause everybody was sick after that event. I, there's a couple of the guys that I went to school with that went there. They were sick. I, I think, I think it might've been the original super spreader, but never know. Yeah. <laughs> one other, well, yeah, one other thing I wanted to talk about with the, uh, or at least that we we have down here, is that the the qualification matches are going to be random. Yeah, that's um, so. Weird. So like 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 a reminder for those last year, um, you would take the previous majors results and then each successive team would like. So let's say you had phase and optic play in the grand final, which I don't think we even got a phase optic grand final, but let's just (laughs) say that's what it was. So then phase would pick the first team into optics group. And then optic would be pick the first team into phase of the group. And then each team after that. So like, let's say Mm -hmm. optic picked New York into phases group, then New York would pick the next team into optics group. So it kind of like went down the ladder that way. Yeah. But the way they described it this way is that the uh, it's going to be online random qualification matches. So like who like so who knows like if, if somebody's going to get blessed with like an easy like a quote unquote easy schedule, and somebody's going to get like boned with a hard one. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Hopefully they they have a good you know competitively and like with, with with good competitive integrity to uh to fix these matches up uh but you know i'm kind of worried that we're gonna get a bunch of people like if their team gets shafted or something they're gonna be like you know crying foul and then 
you know, let's or say that like, like yeah, like if optic like, gets that good draw. Right. And then everyone's going to say like rigged for optic or something, you know, it's just going to be. Like, yeah. Um, but I mean, even so, like the, the the picking of teams into each other's group wasn't really the perfect system either. Nah. I'm just hoping that every team's going to have an equal amount of times to play each other, but then it hopefully it's not front or back loaded too heavily so that we can, uh, you know, one team isn't mathematically eliminated from champs before like their easy schedule comes up or something. That's my mm-hmm. one worry. Yeah, I agree with that. I could also see people like, yeah, complaining rigged if optics on the borderline or something to make a major and they get a Paris Seattle and like all Florida draw or something. They get all the bottom teams. Uh, I can definitely see if it's not like a public draw, how that could look kind of rigged, but uh, we can, we can move on to our roster announcement. If you're ready to go on to that. Yeah, I think we cover, we pretty much beat the format stuff into the ground. I, I don't know if there's anything else there to nah. discuss. Yeah, there was so. a lot there though. It was finally some actual decent, knowledge we got towards what the cdl is going to look like this year so it's about time we got that but we also got some very very positive news no technical official roster for this team yet but we do know we have a 12th team so i would say that's definitely a positive kind of sad that we're celebrating the fact that we filled the league up but uh boston cdl team uh, is official they're potentially named the Boston Breach. We think that's the name, not 100% sure. Oxygen Esports is like a partner or parent company who's helping to run both the Boston Uprising Overwatch League team as well as the new CDL team. I don't know if they're technically like a parent company or just like a company that like the Craft Esports group partnered with uh, to make this whole thing happen, but they're involved. And rumored roster was Methods and Tej kind of as like the foundation. They were apparently targeting Nero, uh, Capsidal, who I don't really know anything about, and then Brezzi, the French player, uh, who previously probably most known for playing on E6, finishing like top four, I believe it was, at uh, Black Ops 4 Champs with Jordan General and those boys, Kismet. Um, looks like as of now, though, they were scrimming today with Capsidal, so maybe Brezzi has kind of been taken out of the running for that. Uh, interesting roster because we honestly thought that like Paul X and Venom were on this roster, then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're just scrimming today with Nero and Capsidal. Not sure that I'm a fan of that. Admittedly, I don't really know anything about Capsidal, so I can't really speak on him. But Nero, I I don't know. I've seen him play enough. And to me, I'd rather take my chance on Venom as a sub. But I, I don't know. Methods, Tiege, Nero, and Capsidal seems to be the roster here in Boston. Yeah, this is a little confusing just how they like, you know, they had this like core group of guys a while ago with uh with Paul and uh, with uh, shoot, who was it? Paul and Paul, then um, uh, TJ, Paul and Venom, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then, um, we were kind of thinking that was going to be the team, and then uh, all of a sudden, like, Paul's like, oh, we need two for challengers, and then uh, you know, kind of two un- more unknown guys. I mean, Brezzy, uh, people were pegging him to be on. Paris Legion for obvious reasons, being having a being a French player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't know, but you know, Method seems to like these like international like yeah. smorgasbord teams or something. Uh and you know, who knows? You know, this team could be really good. Uh you know, I'm I'm more impressed that with their, you know, they were pretty quick to uh move on like, you know, uh support staff 
uh, like yeah. management and stuff too. I, I don't know. I if like you the wanna... hires too. Yeah, I mean, so obviously we, uh, it was announced that Denz was hired as GM and Zed was hired as head coach. So you have an Aussie mm-hmm. and a Englishman uh, in there. So you know, further adding to the uh, the international conglomerate. You know, the uh, the Legion of Doom. You know, yeah. There. So, Interesting that Method gets another international player uh, as his GM slash head coach when he got ousted by uh, by Marky B in Toronto for a, uh, in favor of a European player. But I like the hires because Dents has been around for ages. He was obviously one of the best players, if not the best player in the Australian scene forever, basically for the entire time COD has been a thing competitively. Uh, and then Zed also an interesting player because he has that different ratty, just in your face, fast play style that I'm interested to see how he does as a coach. Uh, obviously, we don't know anything really about him being a coach because it's his first run as far as I know. Den's obviously, like I said, been around forever. I'm excited for them. And obviously, these two team together on Paris Legion and Modern Warfare. So they have some history. It makes sense. As well as Brezzi uh, kind of being from that EU scene, probably has some connections to maybe like Zed as well. So I kind of see where that's all coming from, but Brezzy maybe not in the roster. Maybe he's going to be a sub now or something. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how this team works. But like you said, it's just very odd because we thought that we had the roster like locked down and they were scrimming together forever, and then all of a sudden they changed it. I wonder how much this has to do with methods and Tej, or if they kind of like brought the roster to like the GM. I wonder if Denz was hired first and they brought the roster they wanted to the GM, and Denz was like, "No, I want." Uh, Nero and Capital, and they went with that for that reason or what but it's a little odd that just like out of nowhere it seems like Paul and Venom are just kicked to the curb yeah I'm sure that you know once this is all confirmed hopefully they'll you know reveal or you know methods will reveal more because he he's you know he's a uh, pretty recurring guest if not on uh you know every single episode of the flank he'll probably hopefully tell us you know what yeah. the thought process was uh and you know exactly how this team came together, um, because obviously we knew methods and teach, and then uh, you know the whole Nero Capsule Brezzi stuff was a little bit, uh, like you said, uh, surprising for us. Yeah, kind to, of out of the blue, yeah, to hear about it. And um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's above all else, it's good to get the um, this twelfth this twelfth uh, team filled with a you know pretty. You know, hopefully a, a a very solid ownership group with craft uh, and um, oxygen esports. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm just hope you know, I'm just hoping that they add some stability uh, to you know what was uh, you know that 12th spot, the uh, the NRG spot, um, and you know who knows go through more teams like selling and buying into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like people were saying that Paris might do it at some point. Uh, but you know, that's a story for a different day because they already have a team now. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see how this team will perform, uh, especially with the additions of, uh, you know, Nero. And then we think it'll be capsule playing. Uh, yeah. And you know, it looked like they were, you know, even having some early luck in scrims. Uh, but, you know, those only count for so much. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean, my my final thought, honestly, on it is I like you said, I'm optimistic about this franchise. Obviously, it's way too early to tell if they uh, are good to the players, if they're going to actually be like very committed or not, if they're going to do content. We don't know anything about this yet, but I will say I'm very optimistic because 
they didn't just like potentially lay down to the players who had a roster. If that's true, they actually like had a plan in mind. They instantly hired a coach. They instantly hired a GM. Uh, they hired an established branded guy like a methods in a teach, but they went after some young talent like a capsidal uh, and even like a Nero. And they seem to be like really trying their best to at least like make a splash with the limited choices they have. And they not only like signed a roster, but they instantly signed, like you said, support staff. So I'm optimistic that hopefully this could be a team that actually puts forth a lot of effort, uh, like kind of 11 of our franchises do right now, uh, minus Paris. But I'm hoping that they're going to put forth the effort because really, obviously they probably couldn't put together the best roster ever with how late they are to the party. But, uh, interested to see if if they continue this down this path of what looks like to be a pretty committed organization yeah well i don't think anybody's coming into the call of duty league in year three (laughs) and not being committed i would hope so Mm -hmm. um you would hope but i didn't think that anybody would come in uncommitted year one (laughs) yeah i mean just because we saw that you know there's obviously been like tumultuous things happening in the cdl like with the whole, with everything moving online mm-hmm. for most of modern warfare and into cold war and then teams not being invested and whatever uh just seems like if craft's getting into it hopefully that they like you know know something that we don't as far as like the plans for the future or you know what they see it being in you know three four five ten years down the line uh i don't know yeah Speaking of tumultuous things in the game, though, next little topic we had was some competitive updates to the game. Apparently, doors and destructible environments can be removed in CDL game modes. I literally think this is fake news because in my game, I can't do it. They are removable inside the settings. They're not turned off. I don't see a setting to turn them off. If I change every setting in the game, they don't like leave the map. If I put on CDL game modes, they don't leave the map. I can't edit any settings. So Somebody comment down below if I'm just stupid. Maybe it's only on PC right now. I'm on console. Maybe that's the issue. But I'm on Xbox Series X. Somebody tell me uh, how you removed them because I literally, no matter what I do, CDL game on anything, they're all there. So I haven't even played a map with the destructible environments off and like the doors off. But from what I saw, it was like broken. The walls were gone. But at the same time, also the doors like were still there and you just like floated through them like Casper the ghost. So I seems like it's completely broken. So maybe I don't know if they removed it and are like working on it again to fix it. But it's interesting. Obviously, it's something we want to go into the game. So I'm excited to see how maps play. But at the same time, I'm also a little nervous because certain maps are basically built to have the doors and probably won't work without it. Like, I mean, Bocage, uh, that a bomb site room with like what 10 different entries between breakable windows and doors with them all taken off. It becomes just hell to have to watch every angle so we'll see how it works but i mean it's just a mess because i literally can't turn off the setting in the game i'm down bad i, I can't ch- turn it off i just want to run around bow cage without doors and i literally can't do it yeah i'm not exactly sure i mean i think <laughs> people were saying that you know this was in the game from launch and then people other people are saying no it's new and it's working and then you're saying no it's not working i don't even see where to do it <laughs> yeah um I don't I don't even know why they have had to add all these like destructible things in. It's like it's not like we're playing like Battlefield or something where we Rainbow need to, Six. Like, <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, ah, it's just annoying. But uh I guess, you know, speaking of uh you know, ghostly figures or uh 
you know, otherworldly beings uh, floating through doors. <laughs> I know uh, you're going with this. <laughs> you, uh, you know, there was uh, a lot of news last week. Uh, apparently, uh, the newest hot cracked 18 year old player uh goes by the name of krampus was uh running around cdl scrims ripping people's heads off um yeah i don't know this guy this guy i mean he only uses the melee which is crazy (laughs) like i don't know if you like remember the only use me blade guy from back in the day but uh (laughs) krampus like only uses his claws and rips your head off um yeah just crazy uh that you know on a more serious note that this is even uh not a toggleable setting that you can no, like turn on Krampus up. effect. Um I, I was I was cracking up so hard just watching like actual scrims going on and people were like just getting you know, were just getting mauled by Krampus. Uh dude it uh, happened to me in the G V. I wish I was, was streaming funny. or something. I wish I was streaming or something. I, I, we were playing. We never play respawn in GBs because respawn is just. I I hate playing it in this game. I love playing search and destroy in every game ever, no matter what. So playing some search and destroy, uh, and we're like, God, I want to play something a little faster. So we're like, fine, we'll play a respawn. I think we were playing on Tuscan or Bowcage. Maybe it was Bowcage, and we. I didn't see anything about the Krampus. I hadn't been on Twitter. I didn't know that it was like a thing or anything. And all of a sudden, like I see my teammates get two pieced on rotation at the hill, and I'm like what is this like how did you guys get two pieces like I, I didn't even think there's anybody over there and then i see krampus running from the hill at me and just slashes me he starts slashing everybody in the map and it was in the middle of a gb so he had to like end the map and replay it and i was like what is this so i go on twitter i see you dming me that you're dying at this uh at this krampus on the map and i was like dude what else can they do wrong but it, it was hilarious some of the clips that you saw like people were like new secret weapon is how do you consistently get krampus to spawn and every time we lose rotation we're spawning them in like it was pretty hilarious. He's like a specialist on the map. Yeah, it was just funny that like these pro, especially in the like I I get that you you throw them into some pubs matches and people have fun shooting at. Yeah, them and it's stuff. like a trolley kind of fun. Yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally like appreciate that, but like oh, to not to not have it being like a setting that you can turn on or off in like private matches. She gives her challengers cup. <laughs> yeah, and you know, people were looking to get scrims in. The pros were posting clips and stuff, and they're like, you know, what is this? Like, we're being trolled so hard by, uh, you know, Blizzard, Raven, Activision, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Everyone's trolling us. Um, you know, Sledgehammer's mm-hmm. trolling us. It's like you can't make this stuff up, and then you, you know, you have like a virtually unkillable, you know, demon running around the map. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just. Yeah, this is just funny. I, I would I would laugh so hard if it like somehow made it into a CDL like land match or something. Oh, it'd be oh shoot, we're on an old update or something, and <laughs> Krampus like kills people and they have to like, restart the map or something. Oh my gosh! Uh, but no, for I, I was laughing. I DM'd you instantly when I saw it, <laughs> and I didn't know that you had actually encountered the the beast himself. <laughs> it was scary when I don't know it was in the game and he just pulled up on me. Yeah, well, Man. I mean, you're you're describing him running down the hill at you, and that's just like yeah, I lost. Fuel. Full. I thought my teammates just got like world start on the rotation. I was like, oh my god, we're both to lose because it's like 180, 180 at the time or something. And I lost full, and then I see Krampus like two pieced him, and I was like, what did you die by? I couldn't tell what it was in the kill feed, and then I was like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> like it 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 was funny though. Like I like you said though, it's kind of cool. Like when they do stuff like that, like they had like an event in World War Two that there was like a. 
was it a Christmas event? There was like a little elf that would run around that you could like shoot and he would drop you streaks or something. It was like something really weird. I, that could be completely wrong, but something like that. We're like, when they do fun little events like that in pubs. I love it. Get some freshness into the game for pubs. Pubs can get really stale, that stuff. But like, my God, fix the glitches. Thankfully, I think they took it out in time for the challengers matches. I was hoping they didn't screw over like the APAC region because I know like they said the, the matches in Japan were about to start up. And they still hadn't fixed it. And I was like, dude, I mean, we got to treat these guys just like they're the NA or EU who you view as like the top regions, you know, like you got to keep it fair for the Japan and like APAC region and everything. Like, how is the Asia Pacific region not treated the same way? And I think they ended up getting it taken out in time. I'm not 100% sure, but hopefully they did. Uh, but we also have Challengers Cup two results. Uh, I thought we could just maybe read off the few teams uh-huh. that won from each region. I have them here. Uh, in the NA region, no surprise, the, the pro loot. Spart, Yees, and Mohawk team won it. Also in the EU, really not much of a surprise. Journey, Lucky, Metals, that trio. And then Real, who I'm not too sure about. Uh, I don't know much about him, but they went back-to-back. The only region to have a back-to-back team win. In the APAC region, it was Cruz, Buzzo, Jazen, and Replayed. I only know Cruz and Buzzo. Obviously, Buzzo been around forever. Uh, and then the Latin America, Zuner, Cootie, Trakes, and Jono. Uh, I don't know any of those players, obviously, with the Latin American scene being newer. Uh, I'm sure we'll start to get to know those players, but as of now, don't know too much about them, but um, not too much of a shock, I guess, with the NA and EU results for the regions we know better. Those are kind of some of the top teams that we'd expect to be right there. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, I guess uh, all those winners and, uh, you know, we've seen... Didn't uh, Classic and Shawnee's team win the first one for NA? I'm not and sure. I'm, I wouldn't be I, surprised. It's a bunch I of solid they, players. I think they did. I, I want to say they did. And then they make another grand final and lose. So Weird um, team. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, And then obviously they have... So it's Classic, Shawnee, Assault, and Exceed. So just like a lot of you know guys thrown together. Um, two absolute you know. statues and two speed demons. <laughs> right. So I don't know. It's it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, Johnny especially is like, I don't know. You throw the EU guy in there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Challenger scene still playing the uh, the three search and destroys two hard points. So you know, we've still yet to see um, teams compete. You know, legitimately on a third game mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of unfortunate. Still, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just about a month away from the uh the pre-season LAN uh and we still have not had a viable third game mode uh I don't know and we're, we're only like a month and a half away from the actual kickoff too <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I mean what is this just gonna be like you know S and D kid like everybody's gonna have to go back to playing like grinding S and D super hard because that's gonna <laughs> be three three maps of S and D to win a series uh I get might be I don't know. I mean, I'd take that over Dom, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, it could completely throw Variant out the window. Like, if yeah. you can if you can just be, like, an S&D World Star team or something, you know? Yeah, you can put together the best S&D team and just win three S&Ds. Right. But, you know, I'm... At this point, I wouldn't even put faith in control being fixed, just because, like, we haven't seen anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's just still, you know, just future casting a little bit looks to be a little uh, alarming. Yeah, what's his name? Um, oh my god, I'm blanking his name. Hamza, Frosty, Glow Frosty. 
top mm-hmm. top amateur player. Apparently, he heard and heard rumors from I don't know where that there's like a some huge competitive update coming in January. I'll believe that when I see it because they've done yeah. nothing to make me believe that they are going to give us some huge competitive update, but maybe a little hope there. Uh, kind of the last thing with the competitive updates, some GA updates. I hadn't heard too much about this, but apparently the bar has been GA'd and the F8 stabilizer on the MP40. Obviously, the bar, I'm not really sure why that's GA'd. I haven't used it much. Never seen many people use it in pubs. Never seen a person use it in like a GB or tournament setting. I know it shoots like ridiculously slow because it shoots so slow, I'm assuming there's a way to make it just like absolutely shred you in two bullets like some of the other guns, so that's probably why it's GA'd. Uh, and then stabilizers and MP40, I'm pretty sure all the F8 stabilizer does is just help you have less recoil, I think. Uh, so that's kind of odd that they take that off. I guess they're trying to weaken the MP40 would be my guess, trying to make it maybe not beam so much from range. But, I mean, the way the AR shoot in this game, they beam from range, so that shouldn't be that much of an issue for ARs. But, yeah, some minor GA updates nothing nothing huge to talk about now like the bar was really being used anyways mm-hmm. all right we can move on to we got a little bit of i mean not fully cod talk but a little cod related talk the boy formal uh some some old cod teams cloud nine united optic involved in the halo event halo rally event was a smashing success like i said i was super busy this weekend didn't have much time to tune in but I was curious on the viewership. And at one point, it wasn't even grand finals. I think it was like loser semis. I turned it on. It wasn't even optic plane. And there was 150,000 viewers on Twitch alone. Scump was co-streaming it with 25K. I think I saw Zuma co-streaming with 5K. A couple other people in the category were co-streaming it with like 10, like 5 to 10K. On YouTube, it also had like 25K. So like when I was just like doing quick math in my head, and I'm sure there's a lot more co-streams, it seemed like there was over 300K concurrent viewers on halo not even in the finals and not even with optic playing so shout out to halo that is major numbers for a first event uh even if you take out all the co-streams having 150k concurrent it might have even gotten higher than that uh in like the finals and stuff but having 150k concurrent i'm sure it went up formal versus optic that's nuts that's crazy numbers i mean that's that'd be nuts numbers for the cdl based on the way the last few years have gone yeah that's absolutely wild with uh i'm shout out i'm happy for him oh yeah for sure um yeah, just, I don't know, like, I guess we're seeing the effects that, you know, multiple streaming platforms allowing co-streams. Full effort um, into your competitive side of your game. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's still the thing. Like, Halo is, like, virtually, like, a competitive game solely. Like, I don't know of many people getting on to play Halo that aren't, like, you know, competitive based i guess uh yeah that's where call of duty differs a little bit but that's like a whole another discussion yeah um, but yeah so i mean uh i don't know it'd be kind of wild if uh call of duty had that same foresight and uh you know allowed like you know nick Merckx to stream phase matches or something or aiden to stream subliners matches mm-hmm. uh just like you know tapping into these orgs who have signed you know warzone and other content creators to their you know affiliated cdl team uh you know zlaner to stream optic matches even too yeah or like you know, get some of those optic warzone fans in there you, you could get even teep you know streaming absolutely and, you know, i mean he could even add like a competitive twist on it you could be like you know you know commenting along with like you know oh i don't agree with that or like oh watch this or something uh i don't know so it's kind of wild that uh call of duty is like mutually exclusive to uh youtube and uh yeah. i don't know yeah and some some news within the event there's some big time stuff 
Formal and Sentinels, their winners round one matchup they beat. And who did they line up with in winners round two after pool play? It was Optic, so Formal versus Optic happened. Optic 3 0 Formal in winners round two sent him to the losers brackets, but he got his revenge uh, in a map five Slayer, which is basically, for those of you that aren't familiar to, familiar to Halo, uh, that's just TDM, basically. Yeah, it goes to 50 kills, and he dropped 21, so nearly half the kills on the team in that map five against Optic and knocked them out of the tournament. In the losers bracket, formal knocked out optic. What a storyline! They finished top five, like our, our top six, excuse me, fifth slash sixth. Uh, and then formal ended up getting knocked out the next round, finishing top four, which is a typical performance considering they had to start in the open bracket and go all the way through the gauntlet to make pool play, and then eventually get out of pool play and finish top four from being in losers at round two. Pretty typical stuff from formal. He finishes top four. Cloud nine, former Call of Duty organization, home of the goat, Patrick Price. Uh, They've won the tournament. Not shocking because they made it to like every online grand final versus Optic and were right up there. Uh, thoughts on Formal? Obviously, pretty crazy weekend for him. Dude just shows his unreal talent. Just, you know, switch games real quick and just beat a bunch of pros in that game and finish top four. And what a storyline. He plays Optic and knocks him out. Yeah, hashtag uh, H4S, definitely. <laughs> Don't tweet um, that. Yeah, I mean, super typical from... Uh from formal there you know just filling in for uh you know, a, last minute, a last minute <laughs> substitution for uh sentinels i i pardon me i don't remember the the guy who was uh royal know, two yeah he was banned from this event or something for doing the the geo filtering mm-hmm. something with his router uh hashtag net duma uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so i but yes i obviously formal came from uh, competitive Halo background, so uh, you know it's like riding a bike, but obviously not as not like that when you're playing against the best competition in the world. Yeah, on uh, on Halo, so uh, you know, kind of wild. You know, maybe he gets that itch to you know see if he can go further with that. Uh, yeah, you know, playing with a a team like Sentinels too. Uh, maybe maybe he. You know, because it's not like he's going to make the the optic Halo team, or it seems like optic Halo is pretty set in stone right now. Mm-hmm. But and uh, Sentinels, he won't be on for anything past this because right. that's the Dynasty roster. So they'll just bring yeah. Royal Two back. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know. You know, for, you know, it's good to see Formal getting his uh, getting his licks in. Um, you know, so I don't know. And ma- yeah, and who knows? Mass, he... Massive respect. Yeah, and and he said he was kind of done with the whole scrimming thing, and maybe maybe this was just kind of a fun thing for him to do for one tournament. He was going to find a team that needed to fill in, and it just happened to be he got to play with an all-time great squad, and it was his birthday weekend. Championship Sunday was his birthday, and he was kind of just like, that was an awesome, super fun event. Maybe he'll just kind of like let that go and just go back into streaming and playing games more casually because, like he said, he was just burnt out of the grinding and team scrim nature of Call of Duty, which, I mean, obviously you still have to grind and do a lot of team scrimming in Halo, yeah, uh, for sure. So, like, he might just quit after this event, but if, if he quits after that one event, that's he just showed at least he proved to himself as a competitor that, hey, I, I still got it. Like, I could still do this. But I could see him just taking a step back, maybe if he doesn't want to continue to compete. But if he does, uh, he has some potential wins in his future. He's got the talent to do so. Uh, something else interesting that really relates to the Call of Duty format from uh, from that tournament was crowdfunding. First time we've seen it in Halo, I believe. And it added $100,000 to the prize pool. Obviously, this event was a little smaller. I think they sold something like 2,000 tickets or more, but it was sold out. Uh, so a smaller crowd, I have to assume probably there was some maybe limitations in the building with COVID and everything. Uh, maybe like limiting the amount of people they could have, or maybe the venue just wasn't like super huge. But uh, 
wasn't even that big of an event and they still had a hundred K added to the prize pool and crowdfunding. That's, that's insane. And I mean, I know we've had Hex and Hastro really talking big and a lot of players supporting crowdfunding to potentially be in call of duty, but that's nuts that a hundred thousand dollars was added to that first prize pool. Yeah. I mean, crowdfunding just opens up so many more avenues. Like you can add skins, you could add, uh, you know, in, in, in game DLC, uh mm-hmm. you could even add like physical goods like uh like uh like a kickstarter does or something like where they just like you know they give you a return on your investment for however much mm-hmm. you contribute uh and then that all goes into uh you know like the eventual pool of money for you know uh, in that case product but in this case it would be like for the pr- you know for the for the major or something or for the, yeah, it's for a win the, for the developer too because the, yeah. they get a share <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, just so many avenues, and obviously we know Activision are greedy bastards, so it's oh, crazy yeah. that, they're, that they're not, you know, <laughs> taking uh, taking up the mantle on crowdfunding and saying, like, oh, we'll, we'll take, you know, X percent of whatever you crowdsource for this. Uh, yeah, we've seen they'll do anything for money, so the fact that they're passing up free extra money like this is insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, um, you know, it's crazy. Also, really, really, Halo capitalized on this with uh, increasing by you know a hundred thousand. That's like that's not any small amount of change. That's like life changing amount of money right there. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously, that you know gets divided up and everything. But still, it, the fact remains that uh, you know I, I think you'd have a lot of people clamoring to. Uh, get into some kind of like well thought out and well, uh, uh, you know, with good return crowdfunding. Even if you just took like you know proceeds from a uh, from a LAN event or something, or uh, I don't know. There's just many different avenues you can take with that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just think that the basis of it is like they need to start with actually releasing legitimate skins like Halo did. And even if the crowdfunding just starts from like skins and in-game sales on CDL related items and they could see the increase in profit that like would not only like it's like there's literally no losing because I mean Activision we know they want their money they get more money players get a bigger prize pool also you want your league I mean I am actually questioning if they want it to be successful or not but you would think as Activision they want their league to be successful and having a bigger prize pool means more people are potentially interested because of that massive prize pool. I mean, I've turned on a Dota stream before for Worlds because it's like a $40 million prize pool, and I've never seen Dota before that. I've never played it. I don't really have any interest in the game, but I've turned on a stream just because I've seen it for $40 million or something like that. Like, you could increase the prize pool of the CDL, Activision gets money, players get more money, League gets more money. There's just really no negative side of it uh, unless... you hate to share the wealth which is probably the case here uh but i i guess yeah i I would like to see it start with if they don't want to like dive fully into i'd love to at least see them start with sharing a a profit of like cdl skin sales or something yeah i mean (laughs) uh hopefully we get something better than the the run it back we're gonna need actual team skin (laughs) yeah Uh, just I mean, because I don't, I don't know if you're, you're, you're not going to get my crowdfunding that way. I'll tell you that much. Uh, you know, at, at this rate, they're not even getting me to play the, the, the gosh darn game. So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, but it starts with putting a, a usable product on the, on the table and, and then, uh, you know, just with 
the Halo skins are just so nice. They're just so they're nice. beautiful. And Call of Duty is just like so far behind in that in that regard. Um, it's almost like seems like it's like a joke. Like it's like a Photoshop joke that somebody would make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I would almost go play Halo just to get those skins. You know. Yeah, they're awesome. And if I'm not like a, there's no like org that I'm super because I've never been really into competitive Halo. So there's no org I super support. But like if I was a guy that's a big competitive Halo fan and. Uh, my favorite player is like, I, I don't know, like maybe my favorite player is lethal or something. I really like that dynasty. I would totally be buying that Sentinel skin hundred percent. Like if I was a big fan of any of those teams, like if, if one of those orgs, like, or if I was like, I don't know, maybe I was a big space station fan. They have kind of a unique logo, a unique team. Uh, I was a big ACE fan. I would, I mean, I'd be buying that skin all day. Like those are such cool skins. Uh, it's, it's a fat W and I, I, I'd love to see some unique skin. See hex design a skin for his team see gary v design an nft version of the minnesota rocker i don't know <laughs> nfts all over their body as like ads <laughs> i i don't know i'd it'd be something that'd be interesting and i think i mean i'd pitch into it to support the league and i think there'd be a lot of people that would do the same uh it'd, it'd be pretty awesome to see yeah i don't i don't know if i like you said it's just uh if you give these you know ownership and other people like le- you know like lateral movement to be able to do things and design things and not just have like copy paste skins for all the different teams like there's no originality um you know as it currently stands but if you just give these guys a little bit of wiggle room i'm sure they can you know give you they could give you the stars you know it's just crazy with uh Mm. you know you could have hex like drawing like graffiti skins or something like and he if would do really, it if you really sure. wanted to. Yeah, I mean, especially if that meant that, you know, if people are buying optic skins, then optic gets a bigger take of the, you know, of the crowd, you know, of, the, mm-hmm. you know, the profits. But, uh, you know, I think that's why we saw that, you know, optic didn't even add their signatures into, uh, you know, the, the skin packs is because they weren't going to get the uh, the equal share. You know, they were going to get mm-hmm. it's just going to be a straight up equal divide, even though people might have been buying it just for optic signatures. So. Uh, you know, there's business moves and business moves. So, yeah, you could do some interesting, cool, unique stuff like the way Ultra and their event too. They hired like a local, I think he was like a local Toronto or Canada rapper or something to like perform and do like music for a lot of like their videos and stuff. And like mm-hmm. they could probably even find like a local artist to like help design and who could probably design something super cool for their skin. And like you could put on like local artists and do something like cool like that for like your community that's like around your city and even kind of make more of a city tie to your team. Like everybody could have like a contest for people to design skins, like local artists design skins. And like, it could be a way to really drum up some social media posts, like use hashtag this to post what your skin would look like. And there's going to be some funny trolls that get some memes out of it that get clicks. And then there's also going to be some like legit artists because you never, you know, you really never realize how many, like I'm absolutely horrible. Art is not my thing. I can't even like draw like, a, a, a person right a dog right i'm horrible at it but there are people out there that's like how do you even have that amount of talent to do art like it's absurd and you can hold a whole contest for each cdl team like if if you're in this area or this is your favorite team use this hashtag to to design your skin or design your camel for a gun uh like the one with the most votes obviously within reason or like we'll find the best few and the team will get to choose based on those like you could hold a cool contest to drum up social media like uh impressions and stuff like so much stuff you could do that they just I bet you aren't even thinking about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you were saying, I was definitely not like I. I think I have two left brains. I don't I have no like, 
ability to draw like it's, <laughs> it's pitiful um but yeah so i would uh, love to look through some missions from fans though because there are some talented people yeah, out there <laughs> yeah i would love to you know see the the trolley ones too yeah, just, for, just for laughs like give me like a krampus skin or something i don't know <laughs> uh, all right we're yeah. we're about at the hour mark i think and i think we've gotten through our news pretty well if you're ready to move in you told us in the little intro that you had pretty pretty detailed down bad sports one of the week so i might just like maybe get mine in quick and then let you yeah. go on please, i mean please i need to ramp up for this so all right so i mean you know just all these players missing games kind of has me down bad my fantasy team hey i haven't been able to say anything bad about the colts i mean they they kind of took it to the patriots our biggest rival on prime time jonathan taylor proved why he's the nfl's mvp once again we saw tom brady get shut out by the saints uh not my mvp aaron Rodgers. i mean i'm from wisconsin i'm just not a packers guy i don't want aaron Rodgers to go back to back jt he's the guy another 170 yard performance the game clinching run thrusted the colts into the five seed now in the afc they're looking up but what i was down bad about this week oh i think you're gonna talk about this a little bit too but i won't dive into it but I was the number one seed in my fantasy league after a 13 and one regular season record and i'm gonna get beat by 80 points uh, my wide receivers, this is a half point per reception league. My wide receivers were Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, and Amari Cooper. They combined for 3.6 points. My three receivers combined for 3.6 points. I was the number one seed in the league. I had Dak. He put up 10. My leading scorer on my team was the Colts defense with 21. Uh, I had Nick Chubb, who played on this Monday that we're recording this. He actually had an okay game at 16. I think I put up 85 points, and my opponent put up 180. I was 13 and one on a 12 game win streak going into the playoffs and I got absolutely steamrolled out of the first round. So I am absolutely down bad about that, but it sounds like you have a pretty interesting fantasy story as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think we can, uh, you know, if, if I might drive out to where you're at and, you know, we can just like commiserate together with how <laughs> down bad we are about fantasy. But uh, similarly, um, I was uh 10 and four, uh, there was no teams better than me, but uh, in a, so I was in a three-way tie for first. Um, got booted to the third seed based on points for. Um, so that pretty much means that like you, you take your total points scored for the season, and mm-hmm. I was third amongst the the teams that were ten and four. Um, I played a team that uh, was six and eight. <laughs> Was six and eight at the six seed, so I was the three seed playing the six seed. The one and two got buys. Mm-hmm. I I'm getting beat by fifty points right now. I need my opponent has one player left on Tuesday night. I have three players on Tuesday night, and I need like conservatively, I need like sixty five points. Who and one players? of my one of my players is a kicker. I have uh, <laughs> yeah, Jalen Hurts going. Um, I have Rashad Penny okay. and Matt Gay, the kicker. Hey, he is he's a consistent ten points every week. I have him coming yeah, up too. But uh, so I don't know. I'm gonna and then I'm going against uh my my opponent still has Daryl Henderson Jr. to play. Mm. So not looking good. Um, I wouldn't be so mad if I was playing a team with a winning record. Yeah, well, it um, makes it more frustrating when you lose to like those random teams that snuck in. And this guy's on an L4 too. He's lost four weeks in a row and I'm going to get booted out. And I, I'm 
so catastrophically upset. I've been, you know, I tweeted out a uh, a gift this morning from the music video for Stan, which is just like, you know, writing angry fan mail to my <laughs> fantasy team. Uh, and it's just like, you know, scribbling vigorously on the paper. And uh, I've been messaging my league on GroupMe. I've been saying that I'm going to quit fantasy football for good <laughs> if i get beat by this low life team with a losing record uh and some other things too that i won't repeat here um, <laughs> uh, so i'm just i'm so upset uh but it sounds like we're both in the same boat we're gonna get ousted by teams that uh you know probably have no business being in the playoffs to begin with but you know here we are mm. It's it's heartbreaking. I can't believe as a 13-1 team, I didn't get a bye either. And you're kind of in the same situation. You probably could have gotten a bye, but because of a three-way tie, you would be easily just coasting away the next round if it wasn't for the three-way tie kind of screwing you over. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's also a weird time of year now with all these like COVID cases in the NFL. There's so many random players that aren't playing, games getting pushed, so you're scared to play your player that might be playing on Tuesday or Monday night because they have an outbreak in their team, and maybe they're going to get knocked out with COVID. and like. It is a mess of a time to have the fantasy football playoffs with all these players missing games that otherwise won't be missing because they're not injured or anything. They just happen to come down with a COVID case, which obviously prevents them from playing. It's it's like a a super random thing because like when a player gets injured on like a Sunday in a game, you have time to prepare. You know, maybe I'm going to pick up his backup or I'm going to pick up this guy and kind of prepare my lineup. But on Saturday night before a Sunday game, when your player tests positive for COVID, you don't have a lot of time to pivot. So it's a weird time for the fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, just terrible, terrible timing. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, nobody really went off this week either. No, like, top players almost, did horrible. Yeah, so that was further added to my, uh, you know, down badness. Yeah, it was it was an interesting week. And I mean, I'm not going to have many, many of my rosters left in the playoffs. But my Colts won, which is my number one thing I always care about. Your Lions won. They did. They Which did. is almost at getting to the point where it's bad that they win for you. Right, right. Well, uh, you know, we're trying to not win too many games, but uh They lost the didn't they lose the one pick now? I, I think they no longer have it. I think uh should be Jacksonville or Houston. They both have two yeah. oh no. No, Houston beat Jacksonville, so Houston should have three wins now. That means Jack I think Jacksonville is at two wins. I think Jacksonville holds the one pick now. Mm-hmm. So the Lions even found a way to lose the one pick because they beat the like ten and three Cardinals, <laughs> right, right? Which is crazy. The the Cardinals are just backsliding so hard. Hey, I like to see it. The Colts play them next week. All right, you got anything else to say before we wrap it up? This was an interesting episode. It's just a news segment, but I I think it was uh, kind of refreshing because we've actually had some legitimate news to talk about and kind of dive into. Yeah, I mean, now we have, uh, we should have a clear, at least beginning calendar for, you know, when we can start making like our, you know, major one predictions or, you know, once if, if we figure out what the schedule is. So, um, you know, and we can start with... doing our full season long type predictions now that we yeah, know exactly. all the rosters. We can dive into some new, I'm, I'm thinking next week we might have a, a big segment coming out coming out of the holiday weekend because we have the potential to have a lot of like you said a lot of uh maybe roster per or not roster predictions uh like season long predictions and stuff coming up with uh the fact that we kind of know all 12 rosters now and we actually know there's 12 teams right so I mean, i'm excited yeah, to dive so into that 
yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into all that stuff. I mean, uh, I think this week we were more just like we were caught up with the news and really getting into the the weeds of our thoughts on at least the announcement of the the format and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just like the second segment took a backseat, obviously, this week. But uh, we'll be coming back at you soon. You know, next week, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, have even more news and uh, we'll we'll start, you know, planning out how we're going to delve into the whole uh, predictions and power rankings and stuff. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Let us know down below what you guys want to see. We obviously have a lot of different uh, thoughts and ideas for segments we could do related to predictions. Obviously there's like bold predictions and awards prediction, who's going to win MVP and all that stuff. And now that we have more of a clear picture of what every team looks like, that might become easier to make an early prediction. We could even make predictions on who we think is going to be the top eight. Now that we have all the teams actually sorted out and maybe make predictions on who's going to win, like bold predictions on this team was going to win multiple lands. These are the four teams that'll win a land or something. And we can kind of do like our, our power rankings that way and dive into a lot more predictions. So if you guys have any prediction ideas or ideas you want to see, towards kind of those standings or season-long outlooks uh drop those down below um if kyle's ready i think we can wrap this one up and and head out for next week yeah i'm ready all right so thank you guys so much for watching obviously the support lately has been awesome uh it's kind of a slow time for the call of duty league and the call of duty scene in general so we appreciate you guys that are constantly commenting and sticking with us because we know it's a tough time uh right now it's it's not a super positive outlook right now for us competitive Call of Duty fans, but we always see a lot of you commenting like, hey, I'm not really with Call of Duty this year, but I'm still going to watch the league, still going to tune into the podcast. So we both obviously really appreciate that support, and we love all you guys that continue to support. Um, thank you guys so much for watching this one. If you're on the audio platforms, come over, check it out on YouTube, drop a sub. If you're on YouTube, vice versa, kind of go over to those audio platforms, check us out on there. If you're on a car ride to work or sitting somewhere doing some work maybe throw it on an audio platform version and check it out there uh it's kind of what i do um for a lot of my podcasts listen to the audio version while i'm at work so check us out on there we'd really appreciate it thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the one uh the episode next week with um hopefully a pretty interesting predictions type segment for the rest of the cdl 2022 now that we have a format thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one